Oh my god. MLS Week 7 is in the books, and there is plenty to talk about on today's SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? How was your Easter Sunday? It was all right. It was, all right. It was a pretty relaxed weekend. Spent a little time with the family. Uh, probably one of the last weekends I'll be able to do that before the World Cup. So it's a good chance to chill out and uh, also take in some action. It was a interesting week in MLS uh, it was kind of the opposite of rivalry weekend where you know the one weekend you had uh, a few weeks back where you had all those juicy matchups this time around I wouldn't say there were many juicy matchups but even with that there were still uh, some good games and some good stuff to talk about well if you're wondering Ivis my Easter Sunday went pretty well too oh you 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 actually uh uh celebrate Easter yeah well no I mean this is the first year I didn't get an Easter basket for my mom so I, I have no. I have no. I usually get a bathing suit every year, so I didn't get one this year. So I guess I'm using last year's version. Did you do an Easter egg hunt? No, we didn't do that. <laughs> All right. My, my younger brother, who, who's who's 16, was bitching though. He's like, "That's unfair." When Garrett was 16 and I was six, we had an Easter egg hunt. But somehow at at, at our Easter table, we ended. Everyone ended up telling strip club stories on Easter Sunday. So that that, that was my Easter. <laughs> Strip club stories on Easter. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, my my dad came up with this idea. He was like, he was like, everyone should tell a story that no one at the table knows about the other person. Yeah, that that goes well. I'm serious. So that I was like, <laughs> I got a couple stories. <laughs> oh boy, it was it was pretty good Easter, man. Pretty good Easter. But as you said, I was it was a good weekend of Major League Soccer. Regardless if you're going to be a Debbie Downer to start the show off, uh, we're going to start it off with one of the better games from the weekend. Real Salt Lake defeating. Portland Timbers, Real Salt Lake is still undefeated. Ned Grabovoy with the goal in this one late in the game. And once again, Ivis Nick Romando was unstoppable. And Portland, man, they threw everything they had at, at, at RSL's defense and Nick Romano. But, man, they, they just could not find the back of the net in this game. They just have Portland's number. There's no other way to say it. I mean, last year, uh, as many times as they met, I mean, league play, playoffs, Open Cup, Portland could not beat Real Salt Lake, and uh, and you and you figure you know coming into this matchup where Portland hadn't won a game, RSL hadn't lost a game, things wouldn't change much, and they really didn't. But I would say that you know if you if you're you know if you're a Portland fan and you watch that game, obviously you're going to be frustrated. But uh, there is a silver lining; they played well. Portland played well. They played you know probably mm-hmm. you know one of their best games of the year, and maybe on most other days they win that game. But obviously Nick Romando stood on his head and and kept them ahead. And the Timbers still don't have a win. Seven matches in. Is it panic mode time? I wouldn't say so. I mean, this is MLS where, you know, you don't have to necessarily finish first. You just have to get in the playoffs. And I think Portland showed, even though they didn't score and even though they didn't win, I think they showed their quality and, and what they have the potential to do. They still have things to work on. They still have things to sort out. But uh, I think they, they can come. I think Caleb Porter can come away from that game looking at some things he can build on. As for RSL, they just keep getting it done. Even when they don't necessarily play to their best, they still get the result. Ned Grabovoy is the Ned Grabovoy is the guy this time who steps up, uh, gets the finish, and obviously Nick Romano does what he does, mm-hmm. best goalkeeper in the league. 
And uh, they're just rolling right now. They they look every bit like, for me, the best team in the league. They might not have the most points in the league right now, but I'm sorry, until someone beats them, they are, for me, the best team in the league. What, what, what is the key for teams defeating RSL? I mean, teams know what RSL is going to do. Possession, they're going to knock the ball around. I mean, is RSL and Nick Romano, I mean, is Nick Romano just playing at a level that, that no one can approach? Is that what it is? I mean, eventually, he's going to have to slow down, right? He's not going to be able to make all these stops. Well, the thing with RSL is, even if they don't play well, if then on top of that, you still get Nick Romano bailing you out on those days that you don't play well, then it's it becomes that much tougher to find a way through. I mean, RSL on their good days are better than most, right? So even so, on the days when RSL can play well, when their midfield's moving the ball around, when Alvaro Sabarillo is finishing, uh, they're so tough to be, deal with. And all all you can hope for is for them to have an off day. But it, but even this year, the days that they've had off days, Nick Romano has stepped up and played some of the best games of the year. I mean, obviously that Galaxy game uh, early the beginning of the year when, when you know, the Galaxy had created, a you know, dozen, two dozen chances probably, and then Romando just stood on his head. And, and so when you look at it this year, that's two games you could point to and say, those were not great games, and Romando bailed them out. Um, I mean, the only game that I can think of that comes to mind where he didn't bail them out as far as getting a point was the uh, Philadelphia game. The Philadelphia game, you know, it, it, it finished 2-2, uh, you know, so it wasn't necessarily a shutout for Mondo, but you know they're just so deep that even if they have injuries, even if they have guys missing, they plug other people in. Uh, whether it's new, you know, guys off the bench, Luke Mulholland or Jao Plata in the first weeks of the season, so they have so many people that can do things, so many people that can make an impact on that team that it's hard to just shut them all down and completely just stifle RSL, keep them off the board, and get one past Mondo. It's just so much to ask for. So right now, I'll tell you what, RSL, they're looking – I mean, it's a, it's April, but they're looking really good. Yeah, look, a lot's going to change. I mean, lots of things are going to change by August. You know, we'll see teams going up and down. Plus, the one thing with RSL, is they need all these wins because, let's face it, when World Cup starts, they might be missing a few guys. Right, but we'll, we'll see how many games they actually have to miss guys for because, again, there is a World Cup break this year. So, uh, but even having said that, I mean, obviously, Kyle Beckerman's not a guy that's easily replaceable. Nick Romano, you're going to miss, even though Jeff Attenella showed well in the games he's played. Uh, Sabarillo's going to be missing as well, so that'll be tough, especially if Robbie Finley's not back. Uh, so, yeah, yeah they're going to they're be missing some guys, but they're, they're so deep that, you know, you can't feel too bad for them. Like, you figure they're going to still be able to trot out a decent lineup for the handful of games they might miss those guys. I would say, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you'd like to think the U.S. is going to get out of the group stage. But uh, if the U.S. doesn't does not get out of the group stage, then you're going to probably have Beckerman and Romando back pretty quickly. So uh, I don't know if that's going to factor in, to be honest with you. So it's, they're still going to be a tough team to deal with. And, you know, it's funny. They're not even in first place right now. Dallas is in first place on points, uh, racking up the points. But, I mean, RSL, when you want to talk about quality, you want to talk about the look of a championship contender – they look as much a championship team as anybody in the league right now. Well, you talk about FC Dallas, Ivis. They came back and defeated Toronto FC at home 2-1. to one. Matt Hedges had an unbelievable game, scored a goal for them, then assisted on the game-winning goal. And, and for Dallas, Ivis, they, they just really dominated Toronto in this game. Yeah, you can make a couple points that, okay, maybe there should have been a penalty on Gilberto late in the game with Kellen Acosta. But, I mean, overall, though, I mean, FC Dallas, I mean, really gave it to Toronto in this game. And, and really, I, I thought Dallas looked outstanding in this game. Okay, well, we need to come up with a new name for Toronto FC when they don't have Michael Bradley and Jermaine Defoe 
when they're missing their star players, they should they we should just call them Toronto Juniors or something like that or or, or, the, or the TFC JV uh, because I mean in all fairness it's just a completely different team uh, when they don't have those guys. Now not to take anything away from FC Dallas, but they are in that kind of zone where things are breaking their way. Uh, and look, they're playing well. No, not to take anything away from them, but. Uh, it's still tough to come back, and, it, and they also had a call go their way. So for me, FC Dallas is racking up the points early on. And are they looking like a championship team? I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would say this. Matt Hedges is, you can argue, playing the best defense. In the league. He, he, he right now, for the first month or five, six weeks in the season, he has been the best defender in the league, for my money. I mean, he's, uh, you know, forget, you know, you can say Matt Beasler, you can say all these other guys, but for me, Matt Hedges, for what he's been able to do, the way he's been able to lead that defense, not only defensively stopping people and, and, and kind of making up for the absence of George John defensively, but then also being a threat offensively. Obviously, he scored the, uh, the equalizer against KC. Now he had the golden assist in this game, so he is stepping it up. And, you know, last year, obviously, he had his ups and downs, and, and he showed well, but then, he, you know, he had those couple of weeks in a row where he scored own goals. So he had his he had his growing pains, but right now I think he's really coming into his own. And he's not look he's probably not gonna. I'd say it's highly unlikely he's gonna get a call up for the the World Cup training camp game, uh, training camp the pre World Cup training camp. But he's a guy you got to look for down the road. He's still young. I mean I think he's like twenty three years old. He's still a young player. Who knows? Maybe four years from now he'll be the Matt Beasler of that cycle, where he he just kind of keeps on growing and keeps on emerging. So I'd say definitely keep an eye out for him. Okay, but the question is for me. I mean, wh- when is that excuse for Toronto going to end? That you know, oh, they, you know, they don't have their their main stars, so they're not going to be as good. I mean, that ha- fault has to go on the coach and management for not bringing a well-rounded team in, right? I mean, they, oh, you can't use on. that excuse that's, all year. Well, no one's using the excuse, quote unquote. It's stating the facts of the situation. I mean, that's like saying. Uh, you know, like, oh, you know, it, it, it's at, at what point do we say that this tires, you know, that this car's flat tires are uh, need to be fixed? If you don't have the if you don't have the, the spares to fix the flat tires, then what can you do? It's not it's not the car's fault. It has flat tires. I mean, in MLS, you don't have unlimited salary cap, right? You don't have, uh, you know, five or six millionaires on your roster. You, at most, you can have a couple. And if you're missing those guys, you just don't the, to make up for those those guys. It's just. It's impossible. It really is. I mean, honestly, there aren't many teams you can you can look at and say, all right, we're going to take the two best players off this team, and they're going to be just as good as they, they normally are. I mean, you can't say that about anybody. I mean, there's teams that could still maybe get results. I think RSL, uh, you know, if you took Beckerman off that team and you took, uh, you know, let's say Romando, they could still probably get results, but they're, gonna, they're not going to be as good. Take Sporting Kansas City. If you take Matt Beasley and Graham Zussi off that team, they're not going to be as good, but they're going to get results. This Toronto FC team, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been in a tough spot in that they've been missing guys and they've been playing against tough opponents as well. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. So it's not an excuse. It's just stating the facts. Like, you can't judge this team, uh, like, realistically and say, oh, you know, this team is not as good as we thought. Yeah, they are. They just don't have their best players. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I don't know. I, I just you play what's in front of you. And if Toronto doesn't have their best players, that means other guys need to step up. And if they don't make the playoffs, well, that's for them for not making a well rounded team. <laughs> Moving on. Wait, wait, wait. Come on. I what? Mean, oh, oh, I'm sorry that uh, you know Jeremy Hall can't just and Kyle Becker can't just uh, you know walk into a phone booth and turn into Michael Bradley. I mean, let's just that's not that's not reality. I mean, come on. If LA Galaxy didn't have Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane. 
they'd be a different team. They wouldn't be nearly as good. So it's just it's just the situation. The key is once you get those guys back to get the results that you need to get to balance things out because everyone's going to miss a game here or there. You might miss a couple games. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as say, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs now. That's a, that's a bit of a stretch. Those guys should be fine. They'll be back. And, and you know, once Michael Bradley's back, you know, they, they'll be okay. Even though, again, he – uh, Bradley and Defoe will, you know, sh- can and should be at the World Cup. And uh, I don't know how many games they might miss, but I think they'll be fine. The second half of the season will be come around. Those guys will be in the lineup, and I think TFC will be right there in the playoff mix. Uh, keeping in the Eastern Conference, Ivis Philadelphia Union and Houston Dynamo played to a scoreless draw over the weekend. I guess the good news for Philadelphia is they picked up a point and they're not losing, but for Houston, man, I mean, they desperately needed a point on the road picking up one against the Philadelphia Union. I mean, really not much from both teams, from both sides in this game. Oh, I'm just, uh, Houston Houston is much happier coming out of this game than Philly is. I got a, no no question about it. Uh, if you're Philly, it's just, you know, there's just no excuse. You know, you've got to be able to do something with the possession that you have, the chances that you have. Uh, you know, there weren't a lot of chances in this game. Uh, the crazy part about it is, uh, Tally Hall, I believe, had zero saves. I, I, you know, that that's crazy. Like, if you're Philly and you have the midfield that they have, for you not to put any chances on Tally Hall at home is criminal. I mean, I could, you know, there, there was definitely, you know, late in the game, one one chance that stands out. They had other looks that they didn't, they didn't even make threatening chances. But, I mean, Andrew Wenger, six yards out, has a look at goal, and he skies it over the crossbar like – You've got to put that on frame. You've got to finish that if you're going to consider yourself a playoff team. You've got to have your forwards finish. And I know I know John Hackworth is frustrated. What else can you do? You already traded away Jack McInerney, hoping, and hoping that Andrew Wenger would be your guy, the, the, the kind of fit in, be a little better fit with the other players that are there. And, and then you have Connor Casey as well, and it's just not clicking right now. It's not clicking and and Phillies, the, they're they're digging themselves a hole right now. And I gotta tell you, I wonder at what point does John Hackworth start to feel the heat? And look, I'm not saying the guy should be fired, but it's Philly. You know how sports, you know what kind of sports town it is. It's uh, it's not a, it's not a town where, where you know the failure or struggles are are, are you know met happily by fans and ownership. So you know, and and let's be honest. I mean, Hackworth, you know, if you want to talk about guys, coaches who kept their jobs. He was probably of the coaches who kept their jobs, the one who was the most like you'd say, oh, you might have been the most surprised that he kept his job last year. And, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't have kept his job, but once he kept his job, you had to look at him and say, OK, he's under pressure this year. He needs to produce this year because he he got a reprieve. He got another year to put things right and put things together. Uh, and as I've said before, last year, they had a lot of salary cap issues that they had to play through. Things were better this year, and they took advantage of that by adding the the big pieces that they added: Marisa Du, Vincent Noguera, Christian Maidana. They've added some really nice pieces, so there's no excuse now. You've got you've got your your your, your improved midfield. You've mm-hmm. got the forward you wanted to trade for. You've got a defense now that you've added some pieces to. What is going on? What's the excuse? And you know what? There there, there, there is no excuse. There is no excuse for them to to have just what is it? What are they on? Seven points now. Seven points from seven games. I mean, it's just it's just unacceptable for the quality and the amount of money that they've spent this year. They have eight points through. My math is horrible. Through eight games, Ivis. Eight points through eight games. Uh, I think the biggest thing, as you said, for Houston Dynamo, uh, this draw ends a three-match losing streak, and hopefully they can build on top of this. They are playing New York. 
uh, this upcoming weekend. But but for Houston though, Ivis, I mean, you know, much more improved to stop that bleeding from from a very, you know, which we don't see Houston losing multiple games in a season. Very strange from them this year. Well, no, I mean, I, I tell you what, through the years, Houston has been a team that's been known to slump. They've been no, they're, they're a streaky team. They've been known to have their issues during the regular season. And let's face it, they haven't had Brad Davis, and he's the key to their team. He's he's probably the most important player in their attack. So without him, they've definitely kind of struggled to find the balance. I mean, obviously, they still have uh, uh, Oscar Bonilla Garcia, Will Bruin, Ricardo Clark, they still, uh, Giles Barnes, who's, who's shown well. They, they've got pieces, but Brad Davis is so important to everything they do. That when they don't have them, it's tough. And and for them to get that point, uh, to come away with a point in that game is 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 solid for them. Now they got to go to New York and try to get a win. It, you know, because if you can if you can come out of this East Coast swing with four points from two games, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. But will they get that? That's gonna that's gonna it's gonna be a tough one. New York is much better at home. They're they're rested. They're gonna come in confident after beating Philly last week. Uh, Kofi Sarkoti will be suspended after his second yellow card. Uh, time wasting second yellow, which you know, for me personally, I never, you never like seeing that, but it is what it is, part of the game. I don't know if the ref knew he had given him a yellow before. It kind of looked like he didn't know. It kind of looked like he 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 realized it, and at that point, there's no turning back. You got to give the red because you can't just be like, "Oops, sorry, I didn't know you had a yellow." I'm gonna take it back. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. So uh, it's gonna be tough for Houston to go up to New York and win. But hey, Dom Kinnear, you can never count them out yeah that, that that red card was interesting the, the guys calling the game were, were pretty funny about that uh keeping in the eastern conference ivis i mean pinch me if you would have been surprised that dc united uh is on a one a four match unbeaten streak and they are just livid after letting a late goal in against the columbus crew i mean i don't think we would with the way dc started the season i don't think we would have been saying this near the end of april that dc would have been livid giving up a goal but i mean unbelievable pass by will trap sets up hector jimenez for the equalizing goal in this game and, and ivis i mean dc starting starting to look a little bit better I, I would say even though they let in this late goal you know some 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 you know wheels going in the right right direction for dc yeah i will say even though they didn't win this game um i know i said last show uh well the, you know for those of you who have heard the show because again we we didn't talk about it in the intro but we had per, we had technical difficulties with episode 132 not it, not my fault before everyone starts blaming me for this one whatever you say <laughs> it <laughs> no was soundcloud this yeah, time yeah. please come on okay. Ivis, you know it was right, soundcloud all right. all right well anyway whatever the case may be we didn't get the sh- the show was not able to be posted. We didn't get the show up. But one of the things I did say the last show is that they haven't con- DC had not convinced me yet, even with their win against the Red Bulls uh, and and the, you know, a couple of results here and there. They hadn't convinced me yet that they're uh, figuring things out as a group. But I tell you what, to get a draw against the Columbus team, I thought would beat them. Uh, uh, you know, to do that, to go to Columbus and play the same Columbus team that that really embarrassed them in the opening game of the season. For them to kind of show that the gap isn't that wide between those teams, to show that they can play with those guys, to show that you know what we're we're not a ter- we're not that three win team anymore. We're a team that 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 has revamped, reloaded. We're here to be taken seriously. And all of a sudden, bam! You know, like they're like you said, they have this uh, uh, unbeaten streak going. They've already got two wins, so they're almost on their 2014 total. They're one off of their 2014 to- 2013 total, which is crazy. So, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm starting to take them a little more seriously. Uh, Eddie Johnson hasn't even gotten going yet. So that's the scary part. If and when he starts going, and if, when, when, if and when he starts finding the net, then you're really going to see that D.C. United team kind of mm-hmm. take it to another level. So 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a believer, but I'm starting to believe in them a little more. And I think these United fans have a reason to start believing that maybe, just maybe, this is going to be significantly improved from last year. Well, I think we talked about that with DC United. I mean, we said that they were going to struggle in the first month of the season. And we really kind of said, you know, near the end of April, I mean, what, what type of team are they going to be? I mean, you know, when you bring in out, out of the 11 starters, I mean, only four guys returned from last year. You had seven new starters. But when you looked at the starters they brought in, I mean, I think I'm trying to think off the top of my head, four of those guys have, have at least had one cap for the U.S. men's national team. So, look, we said we'll reevaluate DC near the end of April when they've had time to get together, time to gel. And, and you're right, Ivis. I mean, D.C., they're proving they're not going to be an easy team to beat anymore. I mean, unfortunately, they gave up a goal in this one, but I think teams around the league are going to take notice that this isn't going to be the same D.C. team that you can push over that was the 2013 version, or as you said, the, the version that was the first couple games of the season where they just looked atrocious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you necessarily can already say they're not going to be a pushover. Let's give them a few more weeks. Let it, let's give them a few matches against some tougher opponents. And and then we can start talking about, oh, this is completely transformed DC United team. I'm not ready to go there yet. I am seeing signs, though. That's about as far as I'm willing to go right now. Well, they do have FC Dallas coming up on the schedule and Portland Timbers, their next two games. So I, there you go. I guess that's you're right. Two, my, that's I, I'm, two very I'm, good matchups right there. Two, you know, look, say what you want. Portland is winless, but Portland is still a tough very team. good team. So we'll see after these two games. If, L, if DC can get two points to four points to six points, uh, if they get two draws, if if they don't lose, or if they get at least one win out of those, then you can say, "Oh, hey, they're legit." If they if they can't get a, if they don't win either of those games, or if they lose both, then it's kind of like, okay, maybe they're really not that serious a threat this year. Portland's a good team. Seriously, watch the RSL game. If Nick Armando was not having the season that he's having, Portland would have scored a couple of those goals. He, Nick Armando's just unbelievable right now. Uh, once again, staying in the East, Chicago Fire Ivis, they continue. Their streak, their sixth draw in a row. They play New England Revolution to a 1-1 draw. Quincy Ameriquois with the goal. Your boy Harrison Ship with the assist. I think he was also the SBI rookie of the week. But Lee Wynn equalizes for the New England Revolution. And uh, But your boy Quincy Ivis gets a red card. You have multiple boys <laughs> in this game. And then Kevin Alston gets a red card at the end of the game. Kind of you know very physical game between the two sides. Uh, but I mean, when you look at this game, Ivis, I mean, New England on the road, I mean, they, obviously, I mean, Chicago has to be kicking themselves for, for once again, pulling their sixth draw in a row. Well, they, they missed the PK at the end. So, I mean, that's huge. Bobby Shuttleworth went up uh, two, we're talking two games now. Yeah. Two games now where Chicago's had a stoppage time penalty to win a game and they've missed both. They it happened against Philly. It happened against New England. That's two games now. When you think about it, they've got, what is it, six draws, seven draws? How many six draws in a row now. Six, six in a row. And of those six, two sh- pretty much could have and should have been wins if they convert those PKs in stoppage time. So look, that that just shows you, uh, I mean, how close it's been for them. And you know what? They don't have a win yet, but I see some good things out of that Chicago team. I mean, uh, you know, Harrison Ship, I mean, he's running away to Rookie of the Year. Tommy McNamara's mm-hmm. unfortunate knee injury is obviously going to open things up in that rookie of the year race. But Harrison Ship, for the fourth time in five weeks, uh, is the SBI MLS rookie of the week. And again, part of that is also because there's just not a lot of rookies playing, but he is earning them by playing well. I mean, this isn't like uh, you know a case where he's not actually playing well. He's playing well. Uh, between him and Quincy Ameriqua, that's two big-time boosts for them that maybe they weren't counting on because, you know, obviously – uh, you know, you want you expect Mike McGee to do his thing. You you, you kind of hope Benji Hoya would give you something when you go pick him up. 
you hope your defense is improved, which I think the jury's kind of still out on that, whether or not J- uh, John Kennedy Hurtado is an upgrade over Austin Berry. I'm not so sure about that. But uh, I think for those two pieces to their attack, it's giving them it's giving them some life. Uh, they're still missing something there, obviously, based on all the draws. But uh, I wouldn't write off Chicago just yet. Even though they don't have a win, I think they're showing something in every single game. Uh, I feel like, you know, now that I think about it, I can't think of a game this year where you've looked at them and said, man, they are not in this game at all. They're not dangerous at all. Like every game, even the game they lost, they've, they've showed. Chivas, that was a good game, opening game yeah, of the season. They, they were, yeah, they showed some quality there too. They were threatened that game. Omariqua scored in that game. And you didn't so. even have Mike McGee in that game. Exactly. So, you know what? That's not right off Chicago. As for New England, uh, did Kellen Rowe play in this game? Because, you know what? He's been missing for them, and he's so big for them. And I don't know if there's an, I don't know if enough's been made about how much they miss him. And he, how did much, not, he did not play in this game. Right. How, it, it, not enough is being made about how important he is to the, how everything goes there. And it's funny because, like, you're already seeing all, you know, the Diego Fagundes kind of backlash of 2013. It's like he was so, you know, he, he had so much success in 2013. Everyone started talking about it and how young he is. He's the best teen, teenager in the league, all this. And now he's struggling. But part of that is because Kellen Rowe is not there. And Kellen Rowe has, been, has always been the straw that stirs the drink in that attack. So without him, not not only without him, without him and without Juan Agadello, with Juan Agadello mm-hmm. leaving, uh, the, the, there's a, that was a downgrade from Agadello to Bunbury. There's no, there's no denying well, that. We also talked about, I mean, there's also Andy Dorman, the option right there at them for midfield. I mean, I, I don't think nah, New England's nah, a but I'm, team talking, But look, we're talking about their attack. Their attack is not what it needs to be, and part of that is because of Kellen Rowe being, not being there. That and Juan Agadello, uh, his departure, and them, you know, Teal Bunbury not being close to, not giving them close to what Agadello did. So I think that's those are the keys right there. And until they get Lee Wynn back, they're going to struggle in these kind of games. They're going to kind of beat nail biters. They're not going to blow anybody away. I think that if, if it shows you anything, it's that as good as they were last year, they weren't a deep team. As good as they were, they they were an injury away from being pretty mediocre. And I think that still applies. I don't think their bench got any better. I mean, there was a lot of talk about the draft that they had. I mean, everyone was enamored with with Steve Newman and Patrick Mullins. And where are these guys? You know, these guys aren't. I mean, I haven't seen them really make an impact. So uh, that's going to be the big question about New England. How good is their bench? Is, is their bench going to give them anything? Because they, if you don't have a bench in this league, you just need too much to go right. And last year, a lot of things went right for them, especially in their attack, being healthy down the stretch. If that doesn't happen again, if they have these injuries, if Kellen Rose injured, Lee Wynn is injured, or if anything happens to Fagundes, I just don't think they have any, enough on the bench to, to help make up for that. Some other games, Ivis. Seattle Sounders came back and defeated Chivas USA on the road 2-1. to one. Clint Dempsey did not score in this one, but did provide a hand in the first goal and then assisted Obi Femi Martins late in this one. Seattle did have a man advantage in this one. Uh, but Seattle, Ivis, though, I mean, we're starting to see things moving them in the positive direction. They're starting to look like the team that we expected them to be going into this season. Oh no, they're they're rolling, they're rolling. And I tell you what, Siggy Schmidt, I think he's been making some really good moves for them, uh, putting putting guys in positions to succeed and, and and making good adjustments. And obviously Dempsey's been a big key to that, big key to the success that they've had. But they, they're 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 really starting to kind of hit hit a good rhythm. And it's almost unfortunate that you know, hey, Dempsey's only going to be there another few weeks uh, before he goes off to training camp. So uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they adapt without him. And who picks up the slack uh, while he's gone? And you know, Marco Papa, I think he showed some 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 quality in this game. I know he had a rough start to his tenure there, and 
I think he's going to be a big key for them. I think Marco Papa is going to be a big key for making up, picking up the slack when Dempsey and Brad Evans are gone. Well, I think for Seattle, I mean, it, it, it's like, yeah, Dempsey leaves, but it's like, okay, we'll just bring Lamar Nagel up on top where he scores all of his goals. I mean, like, Seattle's just rolling right now. For Chivas, you would say Eric Torres scored another goal for them. He's having a very good season. I have six goals in seven games for him. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and hopefully they keep him. I mean, I know there was yeah. some talk that, that he was going to head back to Guadalajara, but, you know, Nelson Rodriguez, when he came in and took over the team, he, he sounded like that they were going to do everything they could to keep him. And look, even with even with them, they're struggling to get results, right? They're, they've been on a, on a bit of a rut, even though they're competitive in these games. They're they're not getting the results, so uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, I, I, it's it's looking like it's going to be another disappointing season, even if the soccer's better, even though they've, if they're more competitive and pushing opponents, the wins are not coming, and I don't know if they're going to come. Sporting in Kansas City walked all over the Montreal Impact 4-0. to They kept piling on the goals. Dom Dwyer scores two goals late for them. Arian Collins scores a goal as well, second one in this game. And for and for uh, Sporting Kansas City, Ivis, they needed goals. I mean, Montreal was in, in their lifeless defense is just what the doctor ordered in this one. Well, you know who we have to talk about. We have to talk about Dom Dwyer. Two goals. He's heating up. I've been saying it for a while. The kid, the kid's on a mission. He's on a mission to show that he can be, be the goal scoring guy, the guy to do the heavy lifting in the goal scoring category for a team that that's been considered a weakness on that team is is someone that can be a consistent goal scorer. And obviously, it was two 0 when he got when he got his his two goals. But still, I mean, he's putting starting to find the net on a somewhat consistent basis. And if he can do that, then Casey's going to be right back where they left off last year. Uh, they're going to be the cream of the crop in the East. And, and I don't know if anyone in the East is going to come close to them. I mean, let's think about the teams that are in the East right now. Uh, you know, the Red Bulls aren't, you know, aren't the team we thought they'd be. Oh, well, that many would thought they would be. Uh, Houston is having their issues. Uh, New England, obviously, is struggling to start. So, it, it, you know, it, it, when D.C. United is like your toughest competition, it just shows you KC could really run away with the division early on. And and that and that's going to help them because, you know, if they can if they can – start spreading out the minutes, giving guys some rest, getting ready for the next cycle of the Champions League, and also dealing with the World Cup. They're going to be missing two starters. Uh, when you talk about Beasley and Zussi, they're both going to, you know, they're both going to be on the World Cup team if they're healthy. So uh, Peter Ramiz, man, he just keeps it rolling. Uh, nothing stops them. And, and I think they're, it looks, by all accounts, it looks like they're going to run away with the East. Although TFC, you know, maybe could keep things close. But, you know, as we pointed out, they don't have that depth mm. to deal with injuries. So that's, again, that's where KC has that advantage. KC, they miss a guy here or there. They have guys on the bench that they, they can fill in. Well, for Don Dwyer, that's now four goals in four games for him. Vancouver at home came back, uh, tied LA Galaxy 2-2. I guess these two teams played last week. LA at home defeated the Vancouver Whitecaps. But for Vancouver, I mean, you have to be really happy being able to come back in this one. Darren Maddox had a very nice day, scored a goal, had an assist. He's quietly having a good season. Kakuta Mane scores for them. Uh, Vancouver, I mean, they got to be really happy with being able to come back against LA twice in this game. Right. I mean, they definitely showed heart. Carl Robinson's got to be happy with the resolve that they showed to battle back. And uh, and look, you're at home. You got to you got to get at least a point. So you know you can't sit here and act like it's like. Uh, you're throwing parties because you because you got a point at home, but you know they they, they got to feel good about the way they battled back. And this, I'll tell you what, this LA team, you know they they sh- the results are kind of back and forth, you know, draw here, win there. But the 
quality is there, man. The quality is there. And I tell you what, once as they find their rhythm, and I don't, you know, Landon Donovan is even playing his best right now. So that's the scary part, right? They they're not even at their top gear as a team yet. So I tell you what, so we we've talked about RSL, we've talked about KC, the two returning MLS Cup finalists, and they're looking every bit like like they could be back there. But this LA Galaxy team, for my money, is going to be right in that conversation. I think they're a top three team. Uh, I think they have the pieces to be an absolute championship team. Um, but we're going to see how it plays out after the World Cup, how Landon Donovan does, how, how his season mm-hmm. co- co- comes along, how the new guys like Ishizaki you know, plan, pan out, how guys like Zardis, how Robbie Rogers. But I tell you what, when you got Keen Donovan and now Ishizaki looking really good. Yeah, he looks know, really good. Uh, they they're loaded, man. They're loaded. So you know it, it's going to be a real good battle there between RSL and LA for the top spot in the West. And LA also has only played five games this season. Five games this season. They're on a bye this week, so they're going to have a lot of games in hand come later on in the season. When when do we see Ivis? I mean, come around July, August is when LA really kind of and Robbie Keane just kind of pretty much you know does the hey league don't forget about me I'm, I'm the best player kind of his you know that two-month stretch that he does so la i'm sure they'll do that late stretch again at the end of the season final game of the weekend colorado san jose as expected colorado with tons of possession but no late goals in this one that was uh not expected ivis um one shot on goal for each side so it was a it was a very of a uh very, very uh, it was snooze ugly. fest it game. Was, it was ugly. The less said about this game, the better. This was one of those. I'm games. trying to be not. Come on, I'm trying to say no, something man, good about it. Come on, look. You know what? Our, you know what we always say. This is, we just keeping it real. This was an ugly game that nobody outside of the two teams that were in it would would have anything good to say because it just was an ugly game. And and maybe uh, it's to be expected with these particular teams matching up. But I mean, there was there was not a lot of positives to take out of this game. Oh, I don't know if it. But I mean, this is just San Jose. I mean, you look at San Jose, their last four games, they've only they've either drawn or lost by one goal. It's just it's San Jose, man. There, there's not going to be a lot of goals. It's just going to be ugly. That's, that's just the way they play, man. It's just but that's San Jose, man. They'll, they'll, they'll always find a way to stay competitive every year. And I, I find nothing wrong with that, Ivis. It's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ivis, before we move on to the Americans abroad, we got to talk about Major League Soccer expansion, specifically the teams and their soccer-specific stadiums, well, lack thereof soccer-specific stadiums, came out last week that the new New York City FC team is going to be playing in the Yankee Stadium. Yes, I said that right, Yankee Stadium. That means there's going to be baseball and soccer for about two, three months of the season. That field, man, they, they need to hire like 50 people to take care of that field. That, that field's going to be torn to shreds by the end of the year. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. The parent, you know, they had a press conference today to discuss it and uh, uh, lay out the plan that they have in place. And they seem pretty confident that they're going to be able to make these transitions from baseball to soccer pretty smoothly. And uh, it's going to be rain. It's going to be to be seen, you know. And, and at the end of the day, the Yankees have a lot invested. Both on the baseball, obviously on the baseball side, and then on the soccer side. So it's in their best interest to make it work. So I think you know, when you think about that organization, the resources that they have, if there are no, if there's an organization that's going to find a way to make it happen, you like to think that they're one of those organizations. So I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, there's a lot of hand wringing. Oh boy, this is going to be a nightmare. Blah blah blah. Why are they even in the league? Why didn't they make them wait? Why didn't they wait for a stadium to get built? And it's like, listen, there. How is it really crushing the league? Is it really putting a smear on the reputation of MLS to have one of their teams playing at Yankee Stadium? Yes. Really? 
Yes. I don't think so. Yes. I, think that's, I don't agree with that. I know that that's the popular kind of sentiment I'm being sarcastic here. I don't know. I don't know. But there's people out there. I know. I've, I've, I know. I've heard it. I've read it. And it's just like, get over yourselves, folks. It's it, Not everything can be perfect. Not every everyone can, you know, cut the ribbon on a stadium for their first game as, as an expansion team. That's just – that's not realistic, right? I mean, obviously, the, New York would have preferred to have their own stadium ready to go. Uh, completely built, but it, it didn't happen. We are we know this. It didn't happen. I, honestly, I don't know who was honestly surprised by that. I feel like I said three years ago that this was going to happen. Like, and and I don't think I was alone in that. That they were going to end up having to play some games or play a few seasons in Yankee Stadium. Is this really so shocking, people? This whole idea that oh, if it's not in a soccer stadium, then it's backwards. This is like 1990s MLS all over again. It's like, uh, you know what? I, I don't remember. Uh, MLS teams playing in New York City in the 90s. That didn't happen. They were playing at Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands in the 1990s. So from that standpoint, you can say there's some progress there. Is NYCFC going to get a stadium built? I think it's safe to say they will. The question is where are they going to find it and and how long is it going to take them to do it? Uh, is it ideal to be in stadium? No, but not everything has to be. It doesn't have. It you can't just be two options: ideal or horrendous like that's not that's i'm sorry that's not that's for me i think that's a joke i think they should make it work and if they have some issues sure that then you're probably gonna have some issues you know if nycfc starts out strong and is a playoff team right off the bat then yeah come october there could be some issues with you know between the yankees and the playoffs and and nycfc in the playoffs could that be could that rear its head absolutely but you know what i still i i still find it crazy to suggest that maybe the, the league shouldn't even have this team in the league yet i tell you what the sooner you can get an nycfc in the league the better because you know they're going to build a strong team you they already got jason christ on board they're good you know they're going to spend the money to get some star players so how is that a bad thing you know because they have to play some games where there will be some temporary grass somewhere or you know you know where there's a pitcher's mound missing and all this and that is it ideal no but i tell you what i for me the positives far outweigh the negatives uh, another team that's returning back to a non-soccer-specific t- stadium, excuse me, is Orlando City. They're returning to the Florida Citrus Bowl, where they played the previous two years in USL Pro. There, the stadium is renovated. Orlando City is still dealing with some stadium issues. They they said they still have the money, so they're still working out those kinks. Uh, but Orlando City has played in the Citrus Bowl before, so I'm sure their fans, I mean, they're very patient. They've gone through a lot of things. You know, I'm sure they're just like, gotta be kidding me, but. I think you know going back to the Citrus Bowl for them is not going to be the end of the world as Orlando secures their stadium site. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Again, is it ideal? No. Would it be better if they had the stadium ready? Sure. But you know what? It's not the end of the world. Yes, the Citrus Bowl is a bit of a dump. Uh, they are supposed to be renovating They're renovating it, it Ivis. It's not going to be a right. dump. Come on, man. Well, right, right. So we'll see how <laughs> how nice it is. But you know what? Like, here's my, like I, The more I think about it, I mean, let's look at these teams, right? I mean, obviously Philly was an exception. Philly is like the one when you when you want to talk about a team that right from jump they had their building ready to go as far as the more recent teams right but I mean when you think about teams other teams that have had stadiums I mean Houston right I mean they have the BBVA Compass Stadium beautiful building but they had to put their years in at Robertson Stadium and that was a, that was not a great place to uh, play when you want to talk about the the, the grass surface there sharing it with football um, San Jose they've been playing at Buckshaw Stadium I mean that's who, who thinks that's a great thing I mean as much as yes the Nice atmosphere, cozy atmosphere. Wait, small, ni- ni- nice atmosphere. I mean, what do you mean by nice atmosphere? I mean, c- c- <laughs> co- cozy, cozy atmosphere. Okay, uh, but yeah, whatever. But you know what? So 
these other teams have had to deal with these issues and then you know in mls so this is not unheard of people like get it, it, it's just my <laughs> get over yourself get over yourself it's fascinating <laughs> to me. it's like where is this where's this alternate reality where every single mls expansion team had their stadium ready to roll or you know where did that happen i missed i must have missed that because uh, i can't recall a ton of times i mean i think what the tfc they had bmo field right uh philly had had theirs but then real salt lake no they played at rice Eccles. oh that's right that's right that's right that's right they played at turf rice Eccles, colorado uh played at uh they played at the invesco field the big nfl stadium sporting kansas city they played at arrowhead all these teams have had to do some things like that so what like this whole idea that oh mls should be beyond that now we're you know mls 3.0 we're we're above the fray now we don't need football stadiums like get a grip folks you know what Sometimes you have to deal with that. Sometimes, you, you know what, you're going to have to play some places you, that aren't ideal. But you know what? Do you think anyone in KC cares that they played at Arrowhead now? Do you think they remember that now? If anything, it makes what they have now that much more enjoyable because they know what it was like to play in a cavernous and empty Arrowhead Stadium. Well, even uh, F- you were in FC Dallas playing in Cotton Bowl, which they renovated Cotton Bowl now, but it was a dump a couple years ago too. Right, exactly. So uh, you know what, folks? Get off of this whole – uh, you know what? This is terrible. The league's the league's going back to the Stone Ages. Uh, like, get whatever, people. Get a grip. It's just, it's like some people just don't need something to complain about. The league for stuff. As we always talk about, the league is what seventeen years old now. Sixteen right. years. It just got got its license. Look, and not that I want to compare it to other sports leagues, but you know, it, when you look back, you know, National Football League, NBA, Major League Baseball, not everything was smooth in the first twenty years of those leagues' existence. Look, for everyone like watching the league now, you in. 30, 40 years from now, when you know when you got your grandkids sitting on your lap or your kid, you'd be like, I remember back when MLS was a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, if that makes you feel good about yourself, then, then you can reminisce about all that crap. Final thing, Ivis, the Miami Stadium continuing to have issues. Man, hopefully they figure this out sooner rather than later. It's not issues. It's got some people who are complaining about the, the, the proposed stadium well, issues. project. Issues. They're having problems. It's not issues. It's people who, who, who want their cut of the, of the deal or who want – who want the same plot of land that they want. So it's not issues. It's just competition, right? I mean, Royal Caribbean uh, Cruise Line, they don't want to, to they don't want this the stadium set up in the Port, Port Miami. They want to have their set up there. Uh, so it's just, it's just you're going to have some issues like that. You're going to have some politicians who, who, who want it made worth their while to, to back these kind of things. I mean, it's all part of the game. It's all part of the stadium uh, chess match that goes on when you try to get a stadium built anywhere. How, how do cruise lines still make money? I, I, I would like. Know. I would never go on a cruise line ever in my life. A lot of people go. It just amazes me, man. I mean, every time you see on the news, like you know, cruise lines stranded, toilets overflowing, everyone gets sick. I feel like I feel like those are always headlines. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. Uh, but you, you, I have never been on, and nor do I plan on anytime soon, uh, going on a cruise. But but I, I digress. Let's get back to the Miami conversation. I, I just had to point. I just had to throw that out there. Yeah, anytime you talk about overflowing toilets is is, is a hit for the show. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so you know, look, right, Port Miami. We already saw the reports. It's probably going to cost fifty million more to build the stadium there than anywhere else. But obviously, that's the prime location. That's where you want it, and that's. I think that's where anyone in MLS would love for it to be because it's just it's a beautiful location. It's not far from South Beach, and who doesn't like going to South Beach? So uh, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in hoping that they pull it off, but it's, it's not going to be easy. It's going to have its hiccups, and anyone who's followed the league knows that stadium projects very rarely 
don't have some hiccups and some uh, uh, you know obstacles and and some opposition. I mean, it's just part of the deal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm putting a bow on all this Major League Soccer talk, Ivis. No mas for today's show. Time to move on. Time to talk about Americans abroad. We talked about it on the last show. We've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. Josie Atzor, MIA, shows up this weekend, earns a penalty for Sunderland, who defeat Chelsea. Is it enough, Fivis, for the haters to finally shut up? No, not really, not even close. Um, it's just one moment in the game. And, and look, you like to see, you like the fact that he actually got a chance to get on the field in that game, uh, an important game for them. They're still kind of holding out hope of. Uh, uh, of of escaping relegation and they still actually have a chance which is crazy you know they have the games in hand the game in hand and uh with that win i mean who would have pegged them to beat chelsea at home chelsea never loses at home under jose Mourinho. so for them to pull that off was a mir- for me a miracle uh i'm pretty sure fa- i said that they were going to win in the last show that the ghost show that no one listened yeah, to. yeah the show no one no one i'm pretty no sure one. i was like Sunderland's going to win this game uh, yeah, I'd love to, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. I mean, I got a few predictions right in that one myself. I know, dude. This okay. This this fucking guy Ivis man on Sunday hits me up. Oh my god, all my predictions were right from this weekend. Why couldn't we get this show up? Man, I don't believe you at all. None of your predictions were right this past week. You, with the, hey, the tape, the, the audio doesn't lie, man. It's there. I don't even remember what I'm talking about, but because <laughs> I, I, I it, that show seems like a hundred years ago because we kept trying to put it up and it, it, it that's just what she said. Became, it, it became a futile effort. And, uh, you know, finally we weren't able to get, get it to, to air. <laughs> hopefully you can up, hopefully you will have uploaded it and hopefully people can have, can listen to it before they listen to this one just to keep the context that we got. We have to post it because, I mean, we put oh it will the, it will be up. Don't you we worry. put the two hours of our time and our lives into that show. People need to hear it. And there was some pretty good rants in there, by the way, too. So if you're listening to this show and you skipped episode 132. I suggest you still find time to listen well, to plus, episode plus, 31. Plus, you and I did did a you and I did a Q and A at the end of the show for each other. Yeah, we, so. did, yeah, we did the face off one on one Q and A again. Yeah. So uh, it, it'll give people something to listen to. But anyway, I don't even know what we're talking about now. Uh, we're talking about Josie Adador and how good he was. this Yeah, weekend. no, it's what look, it's one game, but the fact that he still got the fact that Poyet hasn't completely completely buried him is positive, right? Because he must be showing something to get Poyet to to still. Give them a chance when they are still alive for escaping uh, escaping relegation, right? So, I think that's that's a positive. But no, this is just one step. This is just one play. He needs to keep it rolling. He needs to continue to train hard, train well, and keep earning those minutes. Because you know what? That even if he doesn't score, if he keeps playing and keeps showing that he should be uh, uh, keeps getting on the field, I think that is its own momentum heading into the train, the U.S. National Team training camp. Well, this weekend's game for Sunderland is against Cardiff City, and I mean, words that I say cannot express just how important this is. Uh, you know, Cardiff City is right there with Sunderland fighting so they don't go down to the second division. I mean, look, if Sunderland wins that game, really helps them out. They have a game in hand. Sunderland really need a victory on Sunday. Moving on, Terrence Boyd, Ivis scored twice. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. He, he's scoring goals. He's quietly, not, I, don't, I don't know if you want to say quietly, because I think people that pay attention know how good he's been, uh, you know, since his move over to Austria. But, I mean, Terrence Boyd, two goals this weekend. Oh, I, I, he needed it. He absolutely needed it. And uh, it, it was it, it's a little surprising to me, I, I, I do have to say, how many people have have kind of pegged him as being no longer in the mix for the roster or, or not being a – uh, an option for the 23-man squad and I, I mean for me I, I've always felt like he is I just feel like 
Uh, he just, you know, there is no one else that can give you what Josie Altador gives you, but he's the next best thing in in the pool, and you kind of need that as your backup. Uh, I think he's still gonna. I think he'll make it. Uh, but it, but if he was in any kind of danger, I think that game helps. Uh, he's gonna go to the camp. I mean, I think any suggestions that he won't go to the training camp are ridiculous. But uh, he's a player that you know what he's still. You know what? Once he gets to that camp, he has to impress and and show why he's still a cut above those other forwards. And I know, and I know, I know a lot of people will disagree and say, oh no, why is he better than Wondolowski? Why is he better than Eddie Johnson? Both those guys have scored goals for the national team. Terrence Boyd has yet to score a goal for the national team. And I'd say because you know what he, uh, unlike, unlike him. Uh, unlike those other guys, he is Josie. Basically, he's Josie Altidore's understudy, and that that kind of pigeonholes him a bit. I know, but it also limits his opportunities. So I think those other guys are a little better off in having some better opportunities to to show what they can do. I think Boyd will be there in the camp, and you know what? I still like his chances to make the World Cup team. Also in France, Alejandro Bedoya scored a goal for not in their six to two win over Valenciennes. I think that's how you say it. Uh, for uh, Alejandro Bedoya, Ivis. I mean, that's a guy that we've talked about should go to Brazil and continuing to to have a strong season. No, he's not should. He will go to Brazil if he's healthy. He's going to Brazil. Question is, how much does he play? Does he play? Does he start? Uh, I think he's. He's shown really well. I mean, his first season in France. Look, the French league is one of the top, you know, five or six leagues in Europe. That's the, that's nothing to shake a stick at. He's gotten in there, played really well. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think he's someone who absolutely could start in the World Cup. And uh, that training camp is going to say a lot. I mean, there's a lot of competition in midfield. You're talking guys like Donovan, Zussi, Dempsey, Fabian Johnson potentially could also play in the midfield. So there, there are a lot of guys there that he's got to compete with. But you know what? I think he has a really good chance because I think Klinsman uh, appreciates – his two-way play because he does not stop running all over the field. Mm-hmm. He helps you defensively. He gets good. He gets into the counter well. He, he can cross the ball. He can combine well. He, he he's an underrated player. I, I would say. I, I feel like I don't feel like he gets his due uh, from U.S. national team fans. But you know what? He's on a nice little roll now, uh, starting regularly as he closes out the season. And I'm looking forward to see. I'm looking forward to seeing how. Klinsman uses him in the send-off series. Also, uh, John Brooks, a week after being involved in a slight, I don't know, controversy, I don't, I don't know, maybe that's not the right word for it, but uh, back tattoo incident, he starts for Hertha Berlin in their scoreless draw against Osberg this past weekend. So I guess he's in, in good graces, Ivis, after Right, it, it's huge, it's huge. Because you know what? He had been in the doghouse uh, with this manager before. And when the reports started coming about coming out about the back tattoo, you felt like, oh, this could be the last straw. We may never see him again this year. So for him to come right back out, start, and get the full game in, I mean, that's huge. Because you know what? He's going to go to the camp, right? I don't think there's any doubt about that. But he really has a good chance. He has a chance to make the World Cup team. And I think it's absolutely vital for him to find his form in these last last matches of the Bundesliga season. He's got about two or three games left now. To really get his rhythm, get it, get his match fitness, his match timing down, to head into the camp because I I've said it a long time, a lot of times the center back position is is, is up in the air in terms of that fourth center back. I think you've got you've got Beasler, Gonzalez, Goodson, and then the fourth center back. Does anyone's guess? I mean, you have Michael Orozco, you have Tim Ream, who I still think is is in that conversation. All you hear is about how well he's playing at Bolton now and how he's settled in as a, as a center back for them. So 
there's competition there. And, and I don't know how many of those guys are, are going to be in the camp. You got Oguchi Oyewu as well. Can't forget about Onyewu. So <laughs> it, I think it's absolute. What, what did I forget about him? No, no, the the way you sure. said that was just very funny. Okay. <laughs> how much have you had? Uh, what do you, what no, you I'm just I'm a little tired. You're like, ooh, can't, can't forget Delirium about Delirium is setting in. Onyewu. <laughs> yeah. yes. You're like, ooh, ooh, can't forget about <laughs> Okay. Or we both, we're delirious now. Uh, but yeah, no. So it's huge for Brooks. Huge for Brooks because he, he needs that momentum, man. And I personally, I don't know if I'm sold on him because he doesn't have enough experience for me. Is he a guy that you're realistically going to throw into the lion's den of a World Cup if things are. You know, if things are, are going bad or things are shaking out, you know, if let's, you know, high, you know, worst case scenarios, you know, like Beesler uh, gets injured, Gonzalez gets a red card, and all of a sudden you're down to Clarence Goodson and John and John Brooks. Are you going to be okay with that? So that's the question mark. Is he a better option than an Onyewu who, you know, say what you want. I know a lot of people are down on him, but he's playing well at Sheffield Wednesday. He has experience in the World Cup, played well in that game against England back in 2010. Uh, so you have him, you have Tim Ream, you have you know, Ream is played in goal, in the Gold Cup. Obviously, he didn't play well in the Gold Cup, but he has experience. Uh, he has a bit more experience than Brooks. So we'll see. We'll see what 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 uh, Klinsman does. But Brooks needed this game, and he needs to finish the season strongly in Germany. Moving over to international soccer news. That's right. The SBS show is going international on today's show. We need to talk about, once again, we talked about Major League Soccer Stadium issues. We need to talk about World Cup Stadium issues. This is a long ways away, but the 2022 World Cup is still right on the corner. And Qatar... Ivis, reports are coming out that they had 12 stadiums planned. They're reducing it to eight. You know, once again, I, I think I still think Qatar was was the right choice for the World Cup. I think I, I think everyone can agree on that one. No one gets your sarcasm. You really need to uh, work on the voice that you use when you try to say sarcastic. Things. I was trying. I tried. I mean, come on, come on for me, dude. You're not pulling it off. But it, anyway. It's all. It's in the face. You know, you saw my face. If we had this, like on, you know, if we, you and I did a recording show, people people would get what I'm trying to do here. Well, I'll tell you what, the the, the whole cutter slash guitar, the, the, I mean, it's a, such a farce, right? I mean, they sold FIFA the, a bill of goods on what they were going to do with this World Cup. It was all, I mean, for the most part, it seems like it's been mostly lies that they used and lies and bribes to get this World Cup. And, and it's all blowing up in their faces and FIFA's faces. Like, I, I, I mean, for me... Uh, as much as as much as justice, I think would be served if they they had the, the World Cup taken away from them. I really just don't think they're gonna get it taken away from them. I think they're gonna keep that World Cup. Everyone that got their bribes is gonna be able to rest easy. That their 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 corrupt votes uh, will stand. Um, and it's unfortunate. And you know what? You said it's around the corner. It's actually eight years away. And I'm glad it's eight years away because you know what? I don't even want to think about how that's gonna be. Eight years from now. Oh, it is, I but still, I mean, it's gonna come. It's I know it is eight years away, but it's gonna be like it's, it's gonna be eight years goes by fast, Ivis. You know, uh, we're not we're not we're not fourteen year old kids anymore. You know, the world. You know, we're getting older. Life goes faster for us. Anyway, yeah, it, it's just a joke. It's a joke. We, we, it, what can you do? What can you say? I, I know yeah, U.S. There's, fans, there's nothing to say. I know U.S. It. fans are angry, and they have every right to be because they're looking at this like, what the hell? Like. As as well as as the U.S. could host the world, as, as much as the U.S. would be an amazing World Cup host, to have Qatar have bribed their way and lied their way to winning a bid, and now they can't even live up to anywhere close to to the promises that they made. It just makes it even more frustrating. So, uh, what can you do? I mean, at this point, all you can kind of hope for is that maybe the U.S. gets twenty twenty six, and you know, hey, that's twelve years from now. So, uh, you know, I'll have my cane uh, making it around to the to to the you know. 
MLS stadiums in 2026 for that. But like 12 years from now, I won't. I I I won't even be 40 yet. 12 years from now. I hate you. <laughs> Damn. Think about that, dude. That's all right. But you'll be. You know what? You'll be my age now. So you think I'm old. So you are. When old. you get to that age, you won't think I'm old. You, you won't think. But you are old, though. That's the thing. I'm young, man. I'm a young baby. You when look when you're my age, you you will hope you're you're living you're living as well as I'm living. What's that? Uh, cosmopolitans and sex on the beaches every night. Sex. On the beach. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about drinks, my man, because we know you, you you know about you. Hey, this guy, this guy. Um, yeah, but we, look, there's nothing else to say about Qatar, Qatar, whatever you want to. I, I don't even. I think they did this thing where people in the country don't even know how to say it, but. Look, let's just all fingers crossed that FIFA wakes up and pulls the World Cup from them. Let's let's just let's just hope. Uh, and I have just one more thing before we close out the show. It's revol- it's regarding the U.S. Women's National Team. We, we talked about how their their head coach got fired. Tom Sermani is out. It looks like mid May a new head coach will be announced. Are you hearing any names? Possibly uh, Abby Wambach as head coach. <laughs> she might as well, right? Or or whatever puppet. They, they can just put on her hand and, and she can do like, you know, ventriloquist puppet uh, and that'll be the coach. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, folks. Uh, <laughs> nothing against Abby Wambach. She, she had nothing to do with Sermani's firing. Yeah, right. Um, but look, I would say, uh, you know, there's some good candidates out there. Uh, one name that I've thought of from the beginning and I'm still I still firmly believe that this guy has a very good chance to get the job is Omid Namazi. Uh, he's he's the coach who recently, actually only recently joined uh, Tom Sermani's staff and who left the Iranian World Cup team uh, in the months prior to the World Cup. I mean, that's a pretty big job. He left that, joined the women's national team. The guy's got really good credentials. He, he's a bit under the radar in that he hasn't been in the national team mix much, so people don't generally know much about him. But if you look at his track record and his resume, it's just as impressive as uh, if or if not more than some of the uh, prior coaches there. So I think for me, if he gets, I think he could actually be a pretty good fit. And from what I know, I know Sunil Galati uh, respects him as a coach. So you know what? Uh, you're not. I haven't seen him mentioned much in in, in the uh, reports out there and the kind of prognostications on who's going to be the next coach. But take it from me, folks. I think he's got a good chance. Well, Ivis, that wraps up today's SBI show. As always, I, I think I like to ask you, but I think we covered all the bases on, on today's show. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I feel like this show still wasn't as good as episode 132, but no one... That show was horrible. Have, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, sadly, not many people will have listened to that show. If you are still listening to this show, I would highly recommend that you find some time to listen to episode 132, chock full of good stuff. Uh, not just... It, it, you know, obviously the MLS preview is outdated and isn't going to help you much, but we talked about a lot of other things, a lot of other topics that uh, you'll either love or you'll hate, but you'll definitely want to talk about. So. Well, I believe we started the show off by talking promotion and relegation for what, 30 minutes, I think. So if you <laughs> want to hear that, that was, that was, yeah. a, that was part of the conversation. So part of that, I that know, was, a, I don't know if you, I don't know if you needed to promote that. Cause now I think there's some people who are definitely not going to listen. Well, there's that. some people are going to be like, I'm definitely going to listen to that. Yeah, no, you, I, I wouldn't have, necessarily, I wouldn't have led with that, but yes, that is part of the show. Oops, so our, spoiler alert. Our head to head Q and a is also, uh, in there you know we we asked each other some questions so give that show a listen when you get a chance if you haven't yet and uh and then let us know what you think yes let us let us know what you always think (laughs) (laughs) man you need i you know what i'm the one who needs sleep and you you sound like you need even even more sleep than i do i i still have not cut up on sleep caught up on sleep over the last few weeks (laughs) apparently not no i have not i've yeah yes well all right (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.
Okay. Struggle lead. Yes, yes. Let's say goodbye. All right, Ivis. Well, uh, I'll say goodbye, then you say goodbye, then I'll close out the show. Okay, so Ivis, <laughs> what, what, is, what do we, what do we, what are we, boyfriend girlfriend? No, you hang up. I'll, no, you hang up. <laughs> we you, actually, you and I do do we do do that sometimes after shows. We're like, you know, we're like, you know, you don't hang up and I don't hang up. We just keep going. Uh, we do do yeah. that. It's I, like it's I like it is I, like it's it is like we're in a relationship. You have to admit to that. I don't remember that. I don't remember that happening. Actually, I don't know. Really? Come on, man. Maybe in your dreams that happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ivis. Well, anything else before we close it out? This is your, this is your the final your final chance. Well, hopefully this show actually makes it to air. That'd yes, nice. that, not my fault. That was SoundCloud's <laughs> fault. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I didn't say anything, so I don't know. You sound a little guilty there. <laughs> okay, I only sound guilty because you jump on G Chat and you're like, and I'm like, dude. You're sensitive. Get over it. I know, and you know I'm sensitive, and you give me crap for this. And that wasn't even giving you crap. I was just upset that the show wasn't up, and I didn't. Say yeah, but you know you can't come at me like that. That's unfair. Okay, stop. This conversation is like we're in a relationship. Conversation Where's over. Phil? Where's Doctor Phil? Well, you know what you got to <laughs> do is like no, no. That was my Doctor Phil. I didn't do any Jurgen impression, so I had to throw in a Doctor Phil impression. That was not a good impression. Do you want to make I, it up? I, I, don't, I don't watch him as much as you do, obviously. So I, I, can't. I, I don't I, even know what what channels. I don't even know. does he even still have a show? You sound so not convincing right now, pretending you don't know who that is. I know who Doctor Phil is, but does he even have a show still? <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, you, you know, I'm too occupied watching Maury. I mean, that's the best show on TV. We all know that. <laughs> oh my, you're you're killing him right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Ivis. Well, I'll let you go, man. You have a you have a good rest of the night, and uh, I'll talk to you later this week. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I will be back again. This is the SBS Show. <laughs>